Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. We're in the last uh, uh, Torah studies in the book of Exodus. And uh, something uh, really caught my eye uh, this week is that the very last word in the book of Exodus is the word journeys, not the rock band, uh, (laughs) Jonathan Cain, Paula White's husband, and he's uh, making praise albums these days, God bless him. But it's the word journeys is the very last word in the book of Exodus. And it says in Exodus 40, 38, For the cloud of the Lord was above the tabernacle by day, and fire was over it by night, in the sight of all of the house of Israel throughout all of their journeys." And, uh, and so this, this passage sums up one of the great episodes in all of Bible history. Uh, and it starts by describing uh, the closeness that God intended to have between he and the nation of Israel. Uh, they had just journeyed out of Egypt. They're journeying on their way to the promised land. Uh, And God is saying that through your journeys, I am going to be with you day and night. Amen. That's, That's reassuring to know. And how many of you know today that as we draw near to God, In our prayer, in our praise, our professions of faith, God will always draw near to us. Amen? And so, as I got into this and began my study, I realized that this scripture uh, serves as a metaphor for life. Because it speaks to what uh, the Christian life is all about. It's about journeys. Amen. God is taking us all on a great adventure, right? And how it's spoken here is that God covered the tabernacle by day with a cloud, the clouds of glory, the Shekinah glory, and by night with that pillar of fire. And how symbolic is that for you and I today That uh, as we travel through life, God wants to cover us. Amen. Some of that happens automatically. How many of us have uh, uh, realized with hindsight that if it wasn't for the Lord covering me in that situation, Lord, I don't know where I would have been. (laughs) Amen. Symbolically, we as Israel uh, are on our way out of our own personal Egypt, right? Egypt is uh, uh, symbolic and represents sin, 
right? We understand that Egypt in Hebrews means limits and boundaries, being constrained. And the devil wants to constrain you from stepping out and walking in the power and promises of God. Pharaoh, on the other hand, the ruler of Egypt, uh, means unrestrained. And so that's uh, symbolic of uh, the culture just being wild and unre- and and so this world is drawing people in to a wild and unrestrained kind of life and so God wants to be with us every step of the way when we're coming out of Egypt, coming out of sin, coming out of all of that evil and wickedness and immorality. But he's also wanting to be with us as he shifts our vision and he gets us from living in the rear view mirror to what could have been, should have been, would have been into what will be. He is the God of yesterday, today, and forever, right? And now that we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Redeemer, may God give us all a new vision where we're not focused on the past. There are some things we're going to have to deal with from the past. But God gives us a vision of moving forward. Today is spring forward day. May all of us symbolically spring forward into a new beginning. Amen. So uh, God is with us. If God be with us, who can be against us? And at the end of this teaching, uh, I'm going to give you five things you need to know about the Christian journey. But for starters, here's a few things that God says about it. He said to Joshua, who took over for Moses in Joshua 1.9, This is my command. This is my wish. This is how I want you to think. Be strong and courageous. But I feel fearful in the the world that we're living in right now. Be strong and courageous. This is my command. As Gerald said in the intercessory prayer time before Torah study, his favorite spiritual warfare scripture is, God did not give me a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. Amen. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. The devil's always going to come with fear. He's always going to come to discourage you. And he wants to shift your vision back to the way it was before Christ, while you were living in Egypt. But God is saying, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, don't fall for that. Don't be afraid. All of that's behind you now. You've got a new beginning in front of you. Focus on that. And don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father God, that you are with me wherever I go. So remember that. Keep your eyes on that and not on the winds and the storms and the waves. Are you getting this? Is this uh, speaking to anybody today? 
Romans 8.39 says, No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing at all in creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Father, thank you for your love, your grace, your mercies that endure forever. And thank you for the confidence that nothing can separate me from that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this is all important stuff, right? And we need to get that into our spirit. And the only way you get this into your spirit is lather, rinse, repeat. (laughs) Lather, rinse, repeat. Right? Well, but but I spent an hour and a half in church on Sunday. How come things didn't change? Well, there's 168 hours in the week. If you're giving God about an hour of that time, in basketball terms, if you lose 168 to 2, <laughs> that's a blowout. Why are people getting blown out by the... Because their priorities and time spent is, is out of whack. It's out of balance. And we need to get that in balance. I wish I could say, bam, you're in balance. But it's a journey. And it's a journey of coming out of the lifestyle we used to live before Jesus. Was anybody born walking on water? No. Anybody been through something? (laughs) Anybody been through a lot of somethings? All right. Well, that's coming out of that. God, get me out of that. Get me out of that mindset. Get me out of that way of thinking where everything is wrapped around my past experiences. What happened in Egypt is true. There's no denying that. But there's a transformation That's supposed to come when we say, Jesus, come into my life. I love you, Lord. Forgive me of every sin. Cleanse me. Heal me. Restore me. And give me a new beginning. How many are glad you got a new beginning? So, in Christianity, on this wonderful journey... There are going to be some ups and downs. Hopefully there's more ups than downs. The longer that you're serving the Lord, the more ups there should be and the less downs. Why? Because as Ty pointed out in early morning prayer, he said, no weapon formed against me will prosper is one of my key spiritual warfare scriptures. Right? And you may have to write that on your spiritual chalkboard 500 times. (laughs) No weapon formed against me. 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 Not everything is fun and easy. Even once you become a believer. Why? Because there's an enemy trying to stop us. The enemy doesn't want us to reach our destination. Our ultimate destination is walking streets of gold. And so the enemy will do everything he can. John 10.10, Jesus said, the devil is a thief. What does a thief do? Steals. 
He says the thief's main purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. So that's happening. Those events are put into motion. But you're created in the image and likeness of God. And there are power in your words. And God created the heavens and earth and said, let there be light. Father, I say today, let there be light in my world. Let everything that the enemy has stolen be put aside and be restored. Let the Spirit of the Lord rule and reign in my life in the name and by the blood of Jesus. Amen. So the troubles, the tribulations, and the temptations that come are in the most part the enemy. Sometimes they're (laughs) self-inflicted. May God help us to uh, do less (laughs) self-inflicting. Stop doing that. Does that hurt? Yeah. Well, stop doing that then. (laughs) But praise God, life is also filled with blessings. Victory, triumph, the love of God, and so much more. The rest of that scripture in John 10.10 says that my purpose, Jesus said, is to give you a rich and satisfying life. So now you got two sides at work. You got the devil's side, kill, steal, and destroy. You got God's side, a rich and satisfying life. What do we have to do? What's our role in all of this? We're on a journey. And during that journey, if we're about our Father's business doing unique and special things, we minimize what the devil's doing and maximize what God is doing. Right? This includes eternal life and it includes abundant life. There's two kinds of life. Eternal life? That was settled when you said, Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord. I dedicate my life to you. But abundant life requires many things. And this is where people get confused. Well, I thought there was nothing I had to do. Well, if you're there's nothing you have to do uh, per se when it comes to the thief on the cross. Today you will be with me. What did he say? Don't criticize this man. He's a right. All that, just that one little statement evoked a a message from the Lord. You're going to be in paradise with me today. Right? But what about abundant life? Ah, there's a lot to do. (laughs) But his burden is uh, is easy. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Right? So... When we're talking about the abundant life, we can be assured that as long as we're staying on the path, we're on a journey, we're on a pathway, and that pathway is going to lead to more and more abundant life the more we stick with it, right? To put it another day, uh, another way, the blessing of the Lord follows us as we walk to the beat of His drum. Not to the beat of our own drum. All right? Okay. 
One of the many mistakes that Christians make is assuming that this can all be accomplished on Sunday morning. But the Lord is looking for a meaningful relationship. That's why he said, I'm going to put my clouds of glory and cover you every single day of your life. And I'm going to have a pillar of fire over you every single night of your life. It speaks more than just a couple hours a week. That's why God used the word journeys. Instead of journey, there's journeys. There's a lot of scenarios that take place in everybody's life. It implies that the journey lasts a lifetime. When will all of this be over? At the end of your days or at the end of days. Either way, once that happens, whether you go before Jesus comes or you go because Jesus comes... (laughs) Once that happens, boom, then it's over. And every promise of salvation will be yours forever and ever throughout all of eternity, and nothing can change that. Hallelujah. But it also, on, on these journeys, it means there's choices to make. There's lessons to learn. There's a certain amount of progress we need to make before we reach our final destination. You can't bury your talent in the earth. I'm just hanging on. I'm going to lock myself away until Jesus comes. Well, that's uh, another way for saying I buried my gifts and talents in the ground and I just hid out until Jesus came. And what did Jesus say to that servant? Naughty. (laughs) You were naughty, servant. (laughs) So one rabbi uh, wrote that it took 40 hours to take Israel out of Egypt, yet it took 40 years to take Egypt out of Israel. That's a journey. 40 years of working it out. Work out your salvation this year, next year, 40 years from now, if we live that long. (laughs) Let's see, if 40 plus 66, 106, I'd be on Willard Scott's show. (laughs) I eat smuckers. I made it. So this creates one of the most common but most difficult decisions any believer has to make. It's whether we're willing to put ourselves in enough spiritual situations so that God's process of getting Egypt out of us can go to work. I need God's process of getting Egypt out of my mind, out of my spirit. You pastor, praise this prayer. Satan, get out of my mind. Get out of my spirit. Get out of my family. Get out of my finances. Get out of my health. Lather, rinse, repeat. See, God didn't save us so we could be a better version of our old self. And that's why some people can't get it to work. Because they're trying to just be the new and improved version of the sinner they were before they accepted Jesus in their life. And they don't even realize, I prayed the prayer, what more do you want? 
I want it all. And so this tells us that salvation is meant to be transformational. That word uh, transformation in Romans 12, 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, is the word metamorphosis. And all of us know the metamorphosis, for instance, that a caterpillar goes through to become a butterfly. Right? And trying to get out of that cocoon is sometimes a struggle. So just because you're struggling, it doesn't mean you're out of the will of God. It means you're trying to break through to a new level. I'm doing everything right. I've made my commitment. I'm loyal to the Lord. I'm, I'm kind. I do the things that God says to do in His Word. I'm praying. I'm reading. I'm studying. I'm building myself up on my most holy faith. Why am I struggling? Because God is transforming you. And one day soon that cocoon that's holding you back is going to be shed. And you're going to soar. You're going to fly into a new realm. That's how it works. Part of that process is described in Psalm 139.23 where it says, the psalmist David says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. There's a whole lot to unpack there. But it's basically, we have to be willing to let the Holy Spirit do Holy Ghost heart surgery. And not many people line up voluntarily for surgery. (laughs) Oh, goody! (laughs) Does that come with stitches? Just like Israel was coming out of Egypt, the Lord is saying here, if you want to come out of Egypt, you need to open up to me. You need to allow me the privilege of pointing out some things. That ain't working for you, Scott. (laughs) You keep trying that same old thing, but that's not my plan. That's not my mode of operation. But you keep trying to force that square peg into the round hole. I need you to make a permanent change in how you make and live your priorities. And so the Christian life is constantly deciding whether changing the course of our life, taking the next steps on our journey is worth the effort. And look, I've been full-time pastoring since the 80s. And I see a lot of people that have decided it's worth the effort. Anybody here decide it's worth the effort? I definitely know you guys believe it because it's spring forward. 5.30 was really 4.30. When I, when I saw the clock hit 
And it felt like 4.30. It might as well have felt like 2.30. Oh, man. But I spiritually kicked my... No, you're not going to fall back. You're going to spring forward. And so did you. So it's worth the effort. This is where the concept no pain, no gain comes from. Right? Christians want to spare themselves of the pain of going the extra mile. We want to spare ourselves from leaving the comfort zone, the convenient zone. And we wonder why it doesn't work. Now, no one in here fits that description, but there's someone you know that you can... You need to hear this. (laughs) Look, we all come into our relationship with the Lord and, and we built our allegiances, our philosophies, our opinions, our ideas. We have a core set of values. Some of those values might transition into your new life, but many don't. Usually when you've been living for the devil and living a life without Christ, you value a lot of the wrong things. And a lot of churches don't help you sort that out. And so we come to church, we go through our, uh, where's where's my time card? And that's that. And where's the transformation? Where's the metamorphosis? Right? So, turning our life over to Christ is meant to be a decision that changes all of that. Right? We're not supposed to remain the same. The best thing that you could ever do is take off the old man and put on the new. Amen? But that comes with a different challenge. We've all heard the scripture in Philippians 2 about working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Does the church fear and tremble anymore? Do we fear and tremble that we might not be doing it the right way? Do we fear and tremble because deep down we know we're doing things that offends God and yet we're not willing to let God lead us down that pathway to change? That's what's challenging. Here's the deal. Christ wants to build or rebuild our identity. Right? You built an identity in the world. But now that you become a new creation, you have a new identity. I'm watching what's going on in America today, and people are wanting to get Americans to identify with all the wrong stuff. Because the last thing in the world secular politicians want is for you to begin to find out who you are in Christ. It doesn't matter my education. It doesn't matter my background. It doesn't matter the color of my skin. Because through Jesus Christ, I can do all things, accomplish all things, and nothing will ever separate me from the promises of God. Praise God. And so our true identity is, okay, you're you're in the midst of these journeys. I want to be with you every day and every night to lead you and guide you. 
If you'll just draw near to me, there's a level of confidence that will come, a level of courage that will come, a level of faithfulness that will be built. You'll receive wisdom and counsel. We need the counsel of the Holy Ghost. Do you pray that, Father? I need the counsel of the Holy Ghost today. And it'll build integrity, self-confidence. You, you stop feeling bad about yourself. And you stop uh, living a life of low self-esteem. And suddenly you'll be thinking, you know what? I do have the Spirit of God in me. Thank you, Lord, that the old man is dead. And every now and then when he tries to resurrect himself, bam! (laughs) Put him back in the ground. I'm not living under worldly values and worldly leadership anymore. I can assure you this, there's no way that the devil wants you to break free from all of that. The devil wants you broken, wants you feeling a mess, wants you feeling empty, wants you feeling barren. Like, what's my life worth? If he can keep you living your life always going back around the same old problems, re-picking up the same old shattered pieces, he is rejoicing. Why do we keep going back into the same bad and failed relationships? Why do you keep looking for that same guy? (laughs) Why do you keep getting into the same bad business deals? Why do you keep exhibiting all the wrong morals, all the wrong standards? Let's get that straightened out. That's Egypt. Let's get that out of you. It starts this morning. Father, forgive me of all of that. Cleanse me, search me, and whatever it is that offends you in my lifestyle. Cleanse me of that. Break me free from that in the name and by the blood of Jesus. Sometimes you got to get some white hot faith. can go from red hot to white hot. A great time to do that is in the praise and worship. Don't be the person that, oh, what a mighty God we turn. Man, you need to enter in. Enter in. Like you're right there in the throne room of heaven. Enter in. And all of a sudden, things will begin to change. So, how do I leave the past behind? How do I transition into my new life in Christ? How do I overcome the devil's resistance? How do I press forward despite all the fear and the obstacles and excuses? Job, he knew something about trials and tribulations. Notice what he says in Job 17.9. The Bible says the righteous shall move onward and forward. Those with pure hearts shall become stronger and stronger. 
And so we're starting to realize, how do I uh, make the transition? How do I overcome? How do I beat the devil? I need a pure heart. You can't be faking God out. Because really, you're just faking yourself out. Now, no one here does that. Father, create in me a pure heart. Remove the sin, break the curses, and give me a vision for my future so that it builds in me a good treasure, a pure treasure. Help my priorities get realigned so I'm focused on the right things and build me so the gates of hell will not prevail. Build me in wisdom. Build me in faith. Build me in love. Build me with graciousness. Build me with goodness and kindness. Build me in faithfulness. And on and on and on. And that's how you get stronger. And that's how you overcome. This is how we overcome. And look, the good news about all of this is God is working in us right now. He's working in you right now. Even the people it doesn't seem like he's working in, he's working in them. Right? But for you and I, he's making us stronger. You wouldn't be here today if you weren't on the right path. God is making you stronger. If you're listening to this podcast, you wouldn't be putting out the extra effort to do that if you didn't desire more of God and more strength, more confidence, more boldness, more faith. You've got the power to be an overcomer like never before. You've got the power in you right now to overcome the lies of the devil, the obstacles he's putting in your way. You've made a commitment to Christ. Your sins are forgiven. All the weight of sin is taken off of your life. So don't go around feeling burdened anymore. You're on your way to heaven. And if there was no abundant life deal, that's still the best deal you're ever going to get. <laughs> well, I don't get no abundant life. you got eternal life. And if all Jesus did was die on the cross so that you could have eternal life, you should be able to praise Him like no one's ever, more than they praise the Dallas Cowboys. I thank the Lord that the Holy Spirit in my life defeats hopelessness. I praise God that guilt and condemnation is defeated. I thank the Lord failure is defeated. Failure is no longer an option for the believer. Depression, low self-esteem is defeated. Sickness, sin, and poverty defeated. Every enemy defeated. And every covenant promise is ours in Jesus' name. That's what a new life in Christ is all about. The question is, how much of this are you willing to go for? Because religion, well, I got, I'm a nice Protestant. I'm a nice Episcopalian. I'm a nice Lutheran. I'm a nice Baptist. I'm a nice this or that. Being a nice this or that doesn't guarantee you anything. You might have a religious spirit that turns out to be a religious demon. (laughs) Come out! (laughs) 
How much energy and effort are you willing to put into this thing? You know, the good news is if you just have the tiniest bit of faith and trust that what I'm saying is true, that what God is saying is true, it can be the size of a grain of mustard seed, the smallest of all seeds. And God said, with that, I will grant unto you mountain-moving faith. Whatever mountain is in your life, move mountain in the name of Jesus. How many of you have seen that to be true? Come on, somebody. How many of you would raise your hand and say, it's all been worth it. I see that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. What about those that need encouragement? They feel weighed down by the trials and tribulations of life. I came across this great little poem. It blessed me. Maybe it'll bless you. It's called Don't Quit. When things go wrong as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high and you want to smile but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. Life is strange with its twists and its turns, as every one of us sometimes learns. And many a failure turns about when they might have won had they stuck it out. Don't give up through the pay, though the pace seems slow. You may succeed with another blow. Often the goal is nearer than, and it seems to a faint and uh, fat, faltering man. I refuse to get bifocals. (laughs) Often the struggler has given up when he might have captured the victor's cup. And he learned too late when the night came down how close he was to the golden crown. Success is failure turned inside out. The silver tint of the clouds of doubt. And you never can tell how close you are. It may be near when it seems so far. So stick to the fight when your hardest hit. It's when things seem worse that you must not quit. Amen. 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 Praise God. So, Moral of story, don't quit on yourself. Don't quit on the Lord. Don't quit on this life. Amen? Amen. And that brings us, as we close, to the five things you need to know about the Christian journey. Number one, you'll never be alone. You'll never be alone. The very last words Jesus spoke before he ascended into heaven... And the very last words of the book of Matthew says, Be sure of this, I am with you always, even till the end of the age. Amen. Amen. What a promise. Carry that in your heart. He'll never leave us or forsake us. Hallelujah. We're part of the body of Christ. We're attached to the Lord. And that attachment is forever and ever and ever.
Number two, you're meant to be transformed. Now look, Jesus said it's a growing process. Transformation takes time, right? It takes place gradually. And you begin to work on a little bit here and a little bit there, here a little, there a little, everywhere a little, little. You're replacing the old ways, the old priorities, the old values, the desires, the appetites, and the cravings you have for the old life and replacing them with the help of the Holy Ghost and by the power of the Word of God uh, to create a whole new line of values and priorities. A lot of this takes place from the neck up. Remember Zig Ziglar? Christians need a what? Check up from the neck up. The way we see things. The way we hear things. The way we think about things and size things up. All the time is a a decision. And you can always, oh, woe is me. Here we go again. Or you can think about these spiritual warfare. No, no, no. No weapon formed against me will prosper. No, you are a thief, devil. You can try to kill, steal, and destroy, but it's not working in this house. In the name and by the blood of Jesus, I rebuke you, I cast you away, and I release the power of God, the promises of God, the angels of God to do my bidding. Number three, you need to separate from your past. Your allegiances are now, above all, to the Lord. Love your family. Love your heritage. Be proud of those things. And be a welcoming mat, as it were. I don't want you to be a mat. A welcoming center to those in your family and in your orbit uh, to come to Christ like I've come to Christ. It's a good thing. Do people know that you serve the Lord and it's a good thing? Taste and see that this is a good thing. Do they want what you have or are they wondering, is there a vaccine for what you have? (laughs) Separate from your past. This is what sanctify means. The word sanctification means to separate you from all of what's bad and separate you unto all that's good. Amen. Psalm 34, 8 is where it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in Him. Number four, you need to be sure to take what's most important. What's most important to you in your life, right? There's many answers as to what's important, but I believe that once saved, a Christian above all else has to take the Word of God as his or her instruction manual. The Bible tells us to hide the Word in our hearts so that we won't sin against God. But it's not just about sinning against God. The Bible is our roadmap for the journey. It's the Bible that gives us the foundation for the truth. 
It sets the right standards and boundaries. It's what gives you spiritual direction and lifelong purpose. And on and on and on. But how would you know that if you never study it? Right? Finally, number five, you need to keep your eye on the ultimate prize. Right? Isn't that what Paul taught us in 1 Corinthians 9? In verse 24, he says, In a race, all runners run, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that won't last. You're doing it to get a crown that will last forever. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I see we've run out of time. Uh, Thank you for coming out on Spring Forward Day. I love you. God bless you. And have an awesome, awesome day in church. Praise God. Amen.